White Sox fans, and welcome into a winning and losing edition of the Sox on Tap postgame show. It's Tony Marchese alongside Sean Roberts. Sean, we get a win to talk about tonight. I know we got a loss to talk about tonight, too, but I think every time you and I have been on these airwaves, it's been talking about White Sox losses. So I'm really excited to talk about the uh, the second game with you, which was a winner. Um, lot to get to tonight. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Uh, yeah, first uh, first post game of this uh, this season. What we hope to uh, turn it around, but uh, feels good. Yeah, most of the time uh, when I'm on these things, it's after a loss, and it's just a uh, it's a full show of me uh, bitching and complaining and and talking about how I hate the White Sox and and all that. Um, but uh, but yeah, get a little bit of both today. So. What a way to transition you into winning. Bust out the Johnny Walker Black, baby. Let's go. What a a way to transition you into winning White Sox baseball postgame shows here at Sox on Tap. I was going to ask you, man, like you told me that you were busting out the Johnny Walker tonight. Special occasion. Um, Does it feel good to be here after a win? It does. It does. It's uh, it's a lot more uh, joyful. I feel better in my life when the White Sox win. Um, God, and I, I'm sure this is like this for you and, and all the boys, uh, that are part of this man. But like when the white Sox win, my morale's high. I feel better about myself. I I'm excited to wake up the next day and, and get the day going. And I look forward to white Sox baseball. And when they lose, I'm sad. I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm usually venting to you guys. Um, and then, you know, I start my day off and I'm like, oh, that's right. The White Sox play at seven tonight. Uh, can't wait for that one. Really get, get excited. But no, man, this, it feels, it feels good to be able to sit here and talk to my man, Tony and, and everyone listening, uh, after a win. It's like a weight's been lifted. Sean, yes. I'm, I'm happier. I'm happier here for this one. Uh, let's, let's, let's break some of this down before we do be sure you are going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs as our guy buzz on tap would say, uh, and, and make sure you're in the YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash ontapsportsnet. Click the little, uh, bell. So you get alerted, uh, knowing that we are going live and hop in these comments and discuss white Sox baseball, good or bad. Uh, with us here on the Sox on Tap post game show, Sean, doubleheader today. We we had a rain out yesterday, or I don't even know if you want to call it a rain out, more of a, a weather out, shitty weather coming through the Chicago land area yesterday forced us into a doubleheader. I know you got that weather out there in Iowa as well. Not pleasant yesterday. Much better day today. Our guys Johnny and Steve were out there. They got to take both of these ball games in. We'll start with the seven to four loss uh, against the Phillies. Uh, in game one here, Sean, Lance Lynn on the mound. Um, any, any initial thoughts on Lance Lynn's performance? This one started out rough, three runs uh, given up in the first there for Lance. Uh, just not his day at the ballpark, in my opinion. Not his day at the ballpark, and it hasn't been, Tony. I mean, if you look back at his his last few starts, I mean, it, it he's getting hit early and it, it often. Um, and I don't know, I mean, he's, I mean, from a velocity standpoint, I mean, you you throw, you start grooving 92 mile per hour cutters over the plate. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get hit hard. And that's just the reality of the situation. I don't know what's going on with Lance. I don't know if he's just 
not the Lance Lynn that we're used to seeing or if there's something wrong or I don't think it's anything mechanically. I don't think it's anything healthy or health wise. I think it's just wear and tear. I, I think that's what we're seeing here. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope we see the Lance Lynn that comes out and puts 95, 96 mile per hour cutters with a, with movement and stuff like that, because that's what makes him dominant. But right now he's throwing batting practice and that's just not going to get the job done. And the White Sox have to be kind of concerned with these last couple starts because this bullpen is not good enough to every single time with your number two out there. One thing, if it's your number five, but if it's your number two, I mean, you can't be coming in and he did a good job. He did a good job bouncing back today and he did the same thing the last time, but we're not seeing that dominance out of Lance to start ball games. And that's, that's concerning. Yeah. It feels like the White Sox offense sort of needs to be extraordinary every single time Lance Lynn comes out. Cause he's not, he's not the guy that's going to go out there and give you six innings of shutout baseball right now. And I know he's not that we sort of feel that gives up three in the first two in the third, Sean, he finishes the day uh, going five in the third, uh, five runs, all of those earned walks, three strikes out seven, his ERA sitting at a gouty fucking 7.59 right now. Not where you want sort of your number two, three guy in your rotation to be as we're, tailing towards the end of April. So it's it's not been his day at the ballpark at all uh, this season so far. No, and I mean, you say, you, you, you say that number two or three, and, and with him and Giolito at this point, it's a toss-up who you want your number two or number three to be. Um, but yeah, there's something off with Lance, man. There's something off with it. It's, I don't know what it is, um, but his velocity's down. He's throwing batting practice. Uh, it's, it could be a mixture of things, but and 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 what I like about Lance, he's the first person to say what he's putting out there is unacceptable. He owns up to it, doesn't shy away from it. He's open and honest, and I respect that about him. But Tony, and I think all of us can agree here, if Lance can't figure this out, and listen, we're we're seven and eleven now. It's been very very hard watching White Sox baseball over these first couple of weeks. But if we want this season to go anywhere, Lance Lynn needs to be a part of that. He needs to turn it around, and he needs to start being the Lance Lynn that we know. And if he's not able to, then we're in big trouble. I tend to agree with you there, Sean. It's it's sort of alarming right now when you look at, uh, at this. I, I think the one thing that I go back to here is, you know, he has been able to sort of – get over those major humps, um, put up a scoreless inning afterwards. Uh, he did that twice today. Not that uh, you want to give up five runs in, in five innings and a third there any day at the ballpark. But, um, you know, your offense sort of roared back here in the in, in the third, bottom of the third, and allowed the White Sox to keep Lance Lynn in this ball game early. Yep. I think if you go up there and you – you toss a zero in that bottom of the third inning, Sean. You've got all sorts of problems heading into the fourth. And, hey, that could have affected the way that the White Sox handled game two here. Um, you know, sort of like that response. Obviously, this is something that we need to talk about. But that four-run uh, bottom of the third inning, Sean, against Zach Wheeler, the White Sox offense comes out and strings together just – hit after hit after hit after hit 
is able to put a four spot up. I love crooked numbers. I know you love crooked numbers. Uh, I had some momentum going in there, and and you on on the other end of this in the socks on tap group chat. I mean, you, you were almost worse than NWI Steve when it comes to negativity <laughs> and uh, you know just disparaging the Chicago White Sox organization. Do you have any comments for yourself here? Uh, I, no, I don't regret anything I said, Tony. Um, you know, this is, they get the, where I'm getting frustrated with this, with this team, but on the offensive side, the, okay, we, we get our four runs and they, and they look good. I think I even seen you, you had a tweet out there. I think the Kansas city special, right? Like they, they fought and clawed their way back, getting those four runs and you're, and next thing you know, the offense goes flat again, right? You go back to Sunday's game against Baltimore. You got Dylan Cease on the mound. You get those four runs in the in the first. Offense goes flat for the rest of the game. Even tonight in the in the second game, which I know we'll get to, you get that three-run home run from, from Berger, and the offense goes flat for the rest of the game. So this is a pattern that we're seeing with this team where – they they out of nowhere have a spurt of offense and they look great and they're like and we're like oh man baseball's fun again watching the white Sox is fun and then for the remaining rest of the game we don't see we see two base hits so something is happening with this team i don't know if it's a if if it's a coaching staff deal with with adjustments that we're getting out coached but this is also a problem right the offense isn't maintaining throughout a baseball game it comes in spurts Offense coming in spurts isn't isn't a good recipe for a lot of wins. And we saw it, it. We did get one today, but it happened in the second game as well. Sustained success. That's something I've heard our GM say oh. numerous times, Sean. You want to talk, talk about our boy, Ricky? Yeah, sustained success and sustained offensive approach. Uh, I, I would rate that as, a, as an F at this moment in time. Oh, but. the approach is terrible. The approach is terrible, and you know what? It was terrible last year, and we were all quick to jump on that coaching staff, and and rightfully so. But, I mean, it's time to start looking at this coaching staff and going, boys, what are we doing here? Because this offense is terrible. It is, it, it's, it's bad. It's, it, it's, it's really bad. And Jake Berger, it, it with – Picture this offense without Jake Berger right now. I was going to ask you this question. It was saved for later in the show, but we might as well get to it right now. Do the White Sox win game two if Yoan Moncada was playing third and Jake Berger was still in Charlotte? I would say, I would say yes, just because of the pitching aspect. I would say yes. I think you. I think somewhere along those lines. They scratch across a run or two, but this is also this is the problem, right? Yeah, you can scratch a run, uh, across a run or two, but you're you're stagnant, right? So say they do get that run, we win a game one nothing instead of three nothing. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's there's some room for for error there. I think it changes the complexion of the ball game. That's just me, but um, we'll 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 keep it to game one. I, I agree with you though. I think you and I have talked about this a lot, Sean. And that's how much of an impact Jake Berger's bat has been 
years since he's gotten called up and it originally came via the Eloy injury. But I think that Yoan Moncada sort of hitting the IL for this extended back soreness stint has really allowed Jake Berger to do what he did almost exactly the same way last season, which is show everybody that his bat plays at the major league level. And uh, boy, has it played here recently. He's, he's just, I mean, he's the kid that only hits home runs, Sean, um, to a T. But rest of this ball game here in game one, Sox sort of piss it away when we get to the seventh inning. Uh, Philly's able to put up two there, and uh, they they don't really look back. Um, thoughts on Old this? Because I, I thought it was a very winnable baseball game. I thought this was a very winnable baseball game that the White Sox were unable to get themselves all the way back in. You could say they showed some fight, but uh, third inning fight's a lot different than scoring late. And this is what I'm saying, right? Third inning, you, you you score the four runs. You're like, okay, we figured out something offensively. We figured out something going on with Zach Wheeler a little bit. Um, we've made an adjustment. And then it went flat. And the Phillies kept that lead enough. Wheeler figured it out. They go to the bullpen. They figure it out. And, you know, I'm not – it would be very easy for me to sit on here and go, well, yeah, it was 5-4, and then Jimmy Lambert gives up that home run to, to effing Josh Harrison. Are you kidding me? But I'm not going to hate on Jimmy Lambert. You know why, Tony? Because the man throws strikes. God bless him. He comes out of the White Sox bullpen and he throws strikes. And he did get, he did get robbed on that strike three call. I was going to I was going to go He got next. robbed on that. He did. He got he, he got robbed on that. I'm not going to hate on him for it. What I will say though, and I said this in the group chat, good teams overcome that stuff. Good teams come back and get the strikeout, get the pop up, get the ground ball. Bad teams or middle of the road teams, that's what happens. They let the mistake come back or the missed call come back to haunt them. And that's what happened today. Now, like I said, I'm not going to hate on Jimmy Lambert between him and Ronaldo Lopez outside of those two. And I guess you can maybe put Graveman into that conversation. I can't trust a single soul in that bullpen outside of those three guys. Maybe Milton, but I wasn't expecting him. So whatever. But Jimmy Lambert, I thought did the a great jury's job. still out on Kenyon. Milton yeah, we've I, had I, some I need ups to see it downs. more. Right. Yeah, I need to see it more. Um, but I think getting getting what we're getting out of Jimmy Lambert right now is great. Again, I thought he did well today. I'm not going to hate on him for giving up that home run. Um, it is what it is. Had a missed call, gives up the home run and wouldn't matter. Cause guess what? The white Sox don't score runs. We had our runs for the day and it came in the third. So. Just one bone I have to pick here, Sean, and I'm curious, you you've played this game. Would you have liked to have seen Pedro Gafal get all over C.P. Buckner after yes. you get that, you know, that missed call there and then you give up a home run? I felt like that was a really missed managerial opportunity. Just me personally, I, I don't understand how you let your player get squeezed that way on the mound. And I thought it would have gone a long way, it would have gone a long way for me personally to see Griffo just go out there and get tossed for this, you know, protect your player. This is something that you've, you've heard Ozzie Guillen talk about it. You heard LaRusa talk about it a little bit. 
when he was here. I thought even Ricky Renteria, if you want to bring up another manager that had no problem going out there and protecting his guys. Our guy Sox Insane said it in, you know, in our chat as well, that very Robin Ventura of Pedro Grifol to this, just let that happen. I think my word for this was spineless. Yeah. It, it was amazing to me to not see any sort of epic response to this. I've seen other baseball games where if their player gets squeezed like that and it turns into basically your ball game right here when Josh Harrison homers, um, you know, go try and fire his guys up. I felt like that was sort of a lifeless moment for us early on in this ball game. And I think you've got some comments on that as well. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Missed opportunity from Griffol there. Um, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but, and I said this in the group chat, it's the white Sox have a yes man as their manager. And I'm not out on Griffol. Like there's obviously plenty of season and, He's learning on the job in a sense. This is his first time being a manager, um, but he's a yes man. We've been saying that all off season, and probably one of the main things was don't go and embarrass us, don't do something dumb. And I think maybe that was in his head, right? And because I'm with you, that was a game changing moment. You go out there and argue, and you know. If he were to step out of that dugout, he would have got tossed right then and there. He should have. He and, absolutely and, should have. And, and, and once you get once you get tossed, that's when you you lose it, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not going to do that. And I'm interested to see when it's going to happen, right? When it's going to happen? When is he going to? What what's gonna? What's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Like what's going to get him out of the dugout and fired up and pissed off? Because you lost a baseball game today for multiple reasons, but that was a big one. That missed called strike three. And it was a blatant strike and a blatant missed call. So you have every right to go out there and argue it. And you know you're going to get tossed, but hell, go for it, man. You're you have another to- baseball game today. To you manage. have another baseball like, game? Perfect opportunity for you, right? You're, you you're, si- you're six and 10 at that point, right? You're six and 10 at that point. It's now probably out of hand for you to come back and win unless you put up a fake rally. Um, go out there and show your team like, hey, I I know it hasn't gone our way early, but I'm going to go out there and fight for you guys. I'm going to go out and battle for you guys. And I don't know. I'm with you. Thought it was a missed opportunity. Spineless, sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's just – it's I, I was more sad about it, I guess, because it just I mix everything together. Spineless, losing baseball games, uh, sad watching White Sox games. So it, it's all in one. And it was a prime example of like, oh, we don't care enough to fucking go out there and yell at the umpire. Like, go show that team in there that God only we knows. Care? Where they, we yeah, care? like. Like God only knows where their heads are at as a team, you know, when they don't have Jason Benetti and Steve Stone asking them questions. Yeah, well, we'll get more talk about balloon animals than that missed opportunity anywhere else, John. So you might be barking up the wrong tree there. (laughs) But no, no, I'm with you, though, to answer you a missed opportunity. 
I, I felt that it was, and I felt that it, it's warranted conversation. And of course, I I dropped you know a name in here, and we we get a response that uh, I, I was very well prepared for. Uh, our guy Steve Peridzinski from Northwest Indiana, uh, you know, has to sit here and say that I threw in a, a TLR defense, page one of the Anthony playbook. I, I can name many managers, Sean, that. I believe would do this. I even threw Ricky Renteria in there and I was not a Ricky Renteria guy. Um, I, I just thought that this was very Royals-esque of Pedro Grifol today. It, it's, I, I don't even know if it's just Royals-esque. I think it's just, it's yes man-esque. It's, I'm not going to embarrass the organization. I'm not going to, you know, because if he goes out there and gets tossed, it, it, you're going to have people on Twitter bickering it's gonna go it's someone on mlb network's gonna talk about grafal getting tossed and, and i'm not saying that that's why why, why shouldn't he get tossed there i would have lost my ever loving mind i lost my mind i was on the i was on the damn air and i had it i had it on my my computer screen and i was we were on a commercial break and i was losing my mind but why sh- why should you not lose your mind in that situation i just cost I, you a I, baseball game it cost did. you a baseball game. It did. Go out it's, there and get your money. Justified. Worth. It's justified at that yes. point. No, no one in their right mind would have been like, "I can't believe you." We lost our manager today because he went out there and argued a, a strike three call. Well, that strike three call maybe cost you a baseball game. What What was the ramifications if he does get tossed? Maybe Jake Diekman doesn't get, get the call in the eighth inning. Ninth inning. Like. <laughs> What exactly are we losing here? I, I don't know. But uh, Sox end up coming up short here, Sean, uh, by a final score of 7-4, to four, and we've got another baseball game to talk about, and let, let's get to that one. Um, I, I think this is the moment that everybody's been waiting for, is to hear you talk about Lucas Giolito's performance today. Uh, just absolutely stellar. This is a guy that uh, you and I both, pegged as the Cy Young of the rotation uh, for this season. Um, For sake of time, I won't sit here and ask you about the initial couple innings. Uh, You you get an absolute stud start out of Lucas Giolito tonight. These are my words, not yours. Uh, I'm curious to see what (laughs) yours are going to be. Six innings, no hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. Just absolutely beautiful pitching performance from Lucas Giolito tonight. I felt like it was sort of kismet, sort of, you know, storybook ask that you and I are on this post game show and we get to talk about one of the best Lucas Giolito pitching performances that we've seen in quite a while, Sean. So I will just hand the microphone over to you. I'm going to drink beer and listen to you talk about Lucas Giolito for a couple minutes here. Um, I mean, it, it listen, Lucas, Lucas did a phenomenal job tonight. Um, you look at, I mean, arguably his last, I mean, this start in his last one, he's, he's looked like the Lucas Giolito that we saw back in 2020, um, where he had, he was, he was dominating. Right. Um, what I noticed more about Lucas is that changeup. The changeup had a lot of good movement tonight. Um, and he was able to work off that. And we know when Lucas is able to work off his changeup. Um, and he's confident in throwing it and he's not leaving it chest high over the, over the heart of the plate, um, or, or middle of the plate. 
and he's getting hit all over the place. Um, we know that Luke, that's going to be a good night for Lucas Giolito. And we've seen that over the last couple starts. Saw it obviously tonight, you know, um, I thought he did a phenomenal job and he's, we needed Lucas Giolito to step up tonight and he stepped up to the plate and he did a great job and congrats to him on throwing six scoreless innings. It's a quality start in the books. Um, Got to get the pitch count down, and I'm sure Tony will get to our thoughts on that whole whole deal because I'm I'm torn on that, um, but I'm sure we can have that conversation. But I think overall, great start out of Lucas Giolito. I needed it. You needed it. Everyone at Sox on Tap needed it. Every White Sox fan needed it, and more importantly, that clubhouse needed it. Um, and I, I I was impressed with it. We need that more. We need. We need it to be consistent, right? Can't have these last two starts and then him go out his next one and give up six runs and he's crying on the mound, throwing his arms up, having baby temper tantrums on the mound. Can't can't have it. We need to have that that ace mentality, um, that that like you're not touching my shit tonight mentality. And we've seen that lately. We saw it tonight, and you know White Sox get a win. So I, hats off to Lucas Giolito. Probably I think the, you and I secretly want Lucas Giolito to be that ace. I want him to. We, like, we'll to that's, a, that. that's my thing, man. Like, I hate on him because and because nothing pisses me off more than his temper tantrums and the shit that he pulls on the mound. Well, and there's you some say people, that nothing pisses you off more than like unrealized potential. Yes. And is and, it the and, same it, discussion with Johan Moncada too? Like, it's uh, that, it, I see the same thing with the, both of these guys. Tony, that's a that's a whole nother podcast. We 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 could tap into Yuan Mankata and how I want to love him and how I do love him, but I hate him at the same time. And but what what bothers me about Lucas and why I get so fired up is because yes, the potential's there. We've seen it. You know, we've seen it. We've seen that. It, I, I I look at that Oakland A's playoff start, that game one start a couple years ago, twenty twenty. And it's like, dude, you do you you could be so fucking you could be so dominating. Just do that. Like figure like that aspect out, and you're gonna be you should be the number one. You should be the number one. You know, Dylan Cease has come up and 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 taken that role, but man, like if you can get Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito being what Lucas Giolito was tonight and what he was a couple years ago. Shit, man, that's a that's a one-two combination that I would want no part of come postseason play. And then if Lance Lynn was able to to turn this around, that's tough. But Sean, I, you I don't know. even want to put Lance Lynn in this conversation right now because you've got a, a former you know first round draft pick. Then uh, you've got Dylan Cease at the top of your rotation here in a rebuild in the contention window that we talk about. And I jokingly said this to everybody. I'm waiting for the take to come where someone says Lucas Giolito is pricing himself out of what the White Sox can pay him. Obviously, contract year for Lucas Giolito. You want that to play in this year. You look at sort of some of the long-term stuff. You look at Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease. And I think the most frustrating portion of this is there's absolutely this zone where you have Lucas Giolito pitching to a 
sort of number two status behind Dylan Cease for the White Sox to have those two key pieces of their rotation. Who's stepping up into this next year if he does overperform and they pull a Carlos Rodon to Lucas Gili? Oh, he he's not coming back. He's not coming back, Tony. I, like, I, 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 I don't I, think this, he's coming back. I, I wouldn't say that I want him back I, at this point, but I'm going to say this is this is what we're going to be talking about, Sean, in September, October, November of this year. There's going to be a conversation here about should the White Sox bring him back? There's going to be a whole camp of people who are going to be very mad oh. if Lucas Giolito does not come back. Oh, the waterworks on White Sox Twitter. It's, going to, be it's going to be a very interesting conversation. But Tony, he's not coming back. He's not. They botched this last year with the whole or with the whole arbitration. Was it last year that 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 all that went down, or was it this offseason? I can't remember. But that whole ordeal that was last year was that last year that mm-hmm. whole ordeal that uh, that ended it. That ended it. He's going to go out and he's going to continue to pitch like this. Okay, he's going to continue the pitch like this. Maybe the White Sox get in the playoffs. Maybe they don't. Lucas Giolito is not going to be a White Sox next year. You know what the White Sox are going to offer him? We'll give you three three years, 75 mil. He'll get more. He's going to get more. He'll get more. He's going to get whether a five, or not he deserves it. Whether or not he deserves it, right? It he'll depends get on what the market is. Yeah, it's going to depend on what the market is. He's going to get five years, whatever, 100 something mil from from the goddamn Rockies or something. And he's going to go pitch there and Lucas Giolito pitching in Colorado would be a sight to find. And I use it as, I use it as an an example, but I would be shocked if Giolito is back with the White Sox next year, because here's the thing, Tony, if they, if this keeps going the way it's going, I mean, there's a lot of guys that aren't going to be back on this team next year. There's a there's a couple and of guys, a, and I hate to say, a, even say this because it gives it gives credence to what Steve says. There'll be a couple of guys that uh, are not here come August. No, and that's what that's what I was going roster. to. That's yeah. what I was getting to. I mean, it, it's if this keeps sliding the way that it's sliding, and yeah, we got to win tonight, and it's great, and we're all happy, and and oh, then this fun, and Giolito did really good. If what we haven't seen this year is consistency. How we haven't even won a goddamn series yet. So go team. Step one is to win tomorrow and get our first series win. And then we can start talking because at this point, when I come in at the end of July, I might be saying a farewell to a lot of my favorite guys that might get traded a few days later if they're not already gone. And I wouldn't be shocked if Lucas Giolito is one of those guys. I don't know if Lucas Giolito really ranks up there with your favorites, but not my favorite, but you get what I'm saying. Trade trade deadline, you know, Timmy's my guy, but uh, I I hope I'm wrong. I hope these guys are competitive come end of July and they're not, they're, they're, they're buying, not selling. But I think regardless, no matter either you nor I want to be in this situation, Sean, where we're talking about, how to tear this ball club down? No, no. In, but in I think July, but regardless, it's, it's definitely a possibility to put a bow on this whole thing. I think, regardless, no matter if this season ends up being a, a success or not, I don't see it. I don't see Lucas Giolito being a, a part of this rotation next year. There's just it's not the White Sox way, right? Like I'm done trying to hope and and trying like, oh, Jerry's gonna take care of 
the, I'm done with thinking that it, I've been burned so many damn times. Um, but, uh, yeah, there you go, Steve. TA being on the Braves. I'd get the, I'd get the juices flowing around wouldn't it. It, it really would. What would I do I, with my Tim Anderson Jersey? What would I do, Tony? I don't know. You can continue to wear it. I mean, I I still have a Marion Hosa jersey. He's no longer on the Blackhawks. I wear yeah, that probably okay. during every game. A, yeah, well, that there's a difference. That guy won championships. Yeah, so. that's well, that's that's the thing. <laughs> that, 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 there's a difference. I got to walk off home run into the corn, so that's cool. Hey, that was one of the greatest moments of White Sox baseball that I ever got to watch. <laughs> In person with NWI Steve. We yeah. we almost never made it back from that, Sean. We almost had to call you to come rescue us in a cornfield. That's what happened. Uh, yeah. Iowa. You know, it's heaven. Yeah, well but if, yeah. Uh, cheers, if if we if we got lost there, you were you were the first contact. Cheers to Lucas Giolito's last season on the White Sox. Steve says that's hashtag confirmed. I'm 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 glad he's still here to uh talk about that. But you know, let's let's pull it back to this ball game. We are on the post game show, and I think you and I could probably talk for like nine hours about yeah. every single White Sox topic. But uh, <laughs> you know, want to talk about Jake Berger for a second here, Sean? He's another one of your favorites. He's one of my favorites. Love him. Love him. Game two here, Jake Berger launches his fourth home run in four days. Obviously, did not leave the yard in game one, but still, four and four is pretty damn fucking cool and tough, if you ask me. This guy's swinging a hot bat, friend of the show. I I can't get over the success he's had at the plate at the major league level. I know some of the other guys that we talked to are a little suspect on his defense, but he's everything you want Eloy Jimenez to be. He's everything you want a lot of these guys to be at the plate. And I don't think you can remove this bat from the lineup, Sean. I'll turn it to you. No, you can't. Um, Jake Berger, listen, the defense isn't there right now to to compare to Yohan Mankata. Now, like I jokingly, I jokingly say like he's had my hashtag, like my third baseman. But it's also Sean, because... I've got to stop you. We've got a comment from Steve coming in here. And, and we'll just play a little little sound bite from our guy. Jake Berger, Chicago White Sox, keep blessing the socks on tap. Jake Berger, Chicago White Sox, keep blessing the socks on tap. You can play it's so nice you can play it twice. That's our guy. That's our guy, Jake Berger. That's our guy. Listen, Jake Berger to me should never be in Charlotte again unless it's on a rehab stint. Guy needs to be he needs to be in the lineup every day. Right now, if you were to put a DH out there, Jake Berger, Eloy Jimenez, Eloy, grab some pine. Like I mean, that's that's not even a like to me. That's not even a question right now. You can't. You're you're putting you're putting Jake Jake Berger in your lineup every day at as my DH over Eloy Jimenez. Yes. The only okay. way Eloy, the only way Eloy is getting in the lineup right now, not saying that in a month from now it's going to be the same thing, but right now, the only way Eloy is getting in the lineup is God forbid he has to go out and play in the outfield. Or Jake needs a day off as being the, the DH. 
But you get Yuan Mankata back. You put him at third. When Timmy comes back, you put him at short. You platoon Elvis and Sosa at second. And you you platoon Sheets and Vaughn at first. Although Vaughn's going to get a majority of those the, those games, and as he I should. I wish we had 30-man rosters to make what you're saying possible. All I'm saying is Jake Berger needs to be your DH. And I think Gonzalez gets sent gets gets uh, sent down when Mikata's ready to go, or Adam, whatever whatever his damn last name is. I don't even want to say it. I ended Danny Mendix. Yeah, like, I don't even. I don't even. I don't even want to say his last name. So, um, but like, no logical fan can look at these last couple these last couple weeks and go, "Yeah, I can't. I I, I would still put Eloy over." Jake Berger as my DH right now. You can't. You can't. Eloy's is, and I'm not saying that it's not there. We've seen Eloy hit. We know the talent's there. But right now, his approach at the plate is absolutely pitiful. It's sad, kind of. And I don't know if it's he didn't get a rehab stint. We saw last year he didn't get a rehab stint and he came back and sucked. Um, I don't know what it is with him. But it ain't hitting right now, and so if you're trying to win baseball games and you need some to cool DH, shoes on tonight, well, that that's wonderful, and and good for him. I'm glad he's got cool shoes. I'm glad he wears red batting gloves. But I want guys that that are supposed to mash to mash, and Jake Berger's doing that. Eloy Jimenez is not. So to me, Jake Berger's my DH, not Eloy Jimenez. And guess what, Eloy? You got to fight your way back into the lineup. I, I, I mean, I hate saying that because he's such a huge part of this team, but like, he's a liability in the outfield, just like Jake's a liability in the infield. So, but one's hitting the, the ball over the fence. But that's what I'm saying. So when it comes to DH, I'm going to take the guy who's got five home runs on the year instead of the guy who swings and misses at everything or hits little ground balls to the shortstop. Just the way the cookie crumbles in the game of baseball. You take the hot bat. So sorry, Eloy. Like when Oscar needs a day off in right field, we'll put you out there. You know, if, if Benny needs a day off in left field, we'll put you out there, which is in, it's a liability, but it's the only way you're going to get playing time. Cause once Mankata comes back, if he comes back, we don't know. We got mystery back injuries and all, all that nonsense. You, you sound like you're describing Gavin sheets right now. As Eloy Jimenez, and it's really comical to me. But like, it it, it am I wrong? For as though, many people buddy? rag on Gavin Sheets, though, like that's sort of where we're at. Yeah, it's where we're at. Like, I want Eloy to be the Eloy Jimenez we all thought we were getting when we made that trade. I want Eloy to be the guy who got that huge contract. Before he ever took a major league at bat. I want it so bad. Just like I want Giolito to be. I want him to do good. Just like I want Mankata to do good. Just like I want this team to win goddamn baseball games. At the end of the day, all I care about is winning baseball games. And I'm going to put the guys out there that are contributing to winning baseball games. And Jake Berger right now. Without Jake Berger, we are the Oakland A's. We have three wins without Jake Berger. So people can argue it. People can think about it. But, you know. The Oakland A's get ripped on all the time for, oh, they're one of the more sad. They have three wins. We just got our seventh because of one player. 
So Jake Berger is on Two my goddamn five. base. Yeah, Jake Berger is on my goddamn baseball team, and he's going to be hitting. He's hitting in the three or four spot, and he's our DH until he's until he goes on a two week run where he's not hitting bombs anymore. Sorry, sorry, Eloy. Hi, mom from the dugout. Hi, mom from the dugout. I, I, I just want someone tell me I'm wrong. Someone tell me I'm wrong. I would much rather That's have. Ja- not going to be me right now. I feel more confident with Jake Berger at the at the plate right now than I do Eloy, Eloy Jimenez. We might need the uh, the Johnny Walker sponsorship, Sean. It's flowing <laughs> Just right get now. That's podcast more often. Um, the Sox did win a game. They did. It was nice via different Jake fe- Berger. Different feeling around here. Via Thanks, Jake, Jake Berger. Berger, and I want to get to the the. Final contentious point that you and I will talk about. We're going to try and cap this at an hour. But uh, Lucas Giolito carries your your no-hitter and gives way to the bullpen. The infamous White Sox bullpen. Kendall Graveman comes in, does his job. Showed some balls. I like it. Showed some heart. Gotta then have we heart, get, Tony. Then we get Aaron Bummer. I'm on record saying this, and I will always believe in this. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, Sean. I believe in the baseball gods. I think that they they do exist. If you take a pitcher out of a baseball game that has a no-hitter, I almost sort of root for it to no longer be a no hitter because I, I think that no combined no hitters are, are sort of a sham. It's not the same thing. It doesn't yeah, mean as it, much. It's a shoulder shrug for me. Okay. So you were only able to go six innings. It's not as cool and tough to me. This might be an antiquated baseball take. But I sort of miss the days where guys were able to go deep in the games. And I don't feel like they're that far removed from the history of baseball because, fuck, we watched our baseball team do it on consecutive days in games that were far more meaningful than this. Pitch count be damned, it happened. And we watched it. And it was fucking awesome. That's 2005 Chicago White Sox in the ALCS. I don't care if you have to skip Lucas Giolito his next time through the rotation. I- I'm as mad at Pedro Grafol for pulling Giolito as I am for Tony La Russa pulling Michael Kopech during his last season. Let the pitcher stay in the ball game. Until he gives up a hit. Not many humans are going to walk this earth, make it to the major league level, and throw a no-hitter. Granted, Lucas has done this once before, but there's another guy that has his number retired by the Chicago White Sox. The threw a perfect game, and today is the anniversary of another time that he did not give up. A hit. 
Yeah, no hitter against the Rangers, 2007. So when you have the chance to make history, Sean, I feel like it's sort of important to recognize the moment. And one of my biggest problems that I have with baseball right now is that we've become so hyper-focused on analytical data that robs, A, not, not only the fan, but the individual who's out there doing something that is historic in favor of we need you for your next start on May 2nd. I don't give a fuck about May 2nd right now if I'm a White Sox <laughs> fan. Let everybody who showed up for two games, let Johnny and Steve potentially witness another no-hitter. Why is Aaron Bummer, why is Kendall Graveman even in this game? I don't care if you're at 102 pitches. If it takes 130, go get the job done. It sort of robs the experience. And if we've entered a point in time, Sean, where, all right, you throw seven innings. What if he was in the eighth and at 102? Are you pulling him? No, you're letting him go. You're letting him go. Let him go through the seventh or eighth. Don't let that be Aaron Bummer. Don't let it be Kendall Graveman who gives up the hit. What could have been? I'm sitting here right now with the question of if Lucas Gilito could have thrown another 30 pitches, if he gave it up on his own, fine. Have somebody up in the bullpen. Pull his ass out of there. He gave you seven or eight innings of one-hit baseball. Excellent. He leaves with a standing ovation. This is great. We got close. 102? I mean, I, I texted you at one point and said, need a seven-pitch inning here, Max. You could have got that the next inning. Then all of a sudden, it's, all right, he's sitting 109 with two innings left to go. Did you listen to uh, Did you listen to the postgame at all? I did. I heard Pedro Grifol say that uh, Bummer looked okay. But there, there was uh, you know, when they talked about Lucas. There was just too much game left for him to go. And this, I, like, I'm torn because there's a huge part of me. There's a huge part of me that that agrees with you, Tony. And like, I, I would, I would want to see how far Lucas could go with it. The other side, of, especially the way this White Sox, White Sox bullpen is, because it would have been so 2023 White Sox, at least so far, for Giolito, right, to go six innings, no hit baseball, and this bullpen loses this game and we lose four to three because we knew we we're not scoring another run because we already gave up. Our, our offense was in the first. Then we go stagnant. It would have been so 2023 White Sox. And there was a part of me that I, I was, I thought it was going to happen. I thought as soon as they pulled Giolito with as good of his, as his stuff was, and it was no hit stuff tonight. You know, Benetti and, and Stone were talking about it on the broadcast. People were talking about it on Twitter. I mean, if you watch this game at all, Giolito had it. He had it. 
for tonight. Fastball was is that the was, first Sean Roberts this team or this guy has it drop of the twenty twenty three season. Uh, I mean on the on the pod, yeah, on the pod, yeah. I think in general, yes. Um, but no, he, he had it. He was starting to lose a little bit of control there in the six. Stone talked about it, um, and I th- I thought maybe come out for the seventh, maybe. You know, and G. Lito in the post game said that he lobbied for the seventh. He knew it wasn't going to get any more than that. He lobbied for the seventh. I, I'm fifty fifty on this Tony because again, like I said, I, there's a part of me, yeah, go have him roll out there until he gives up the hit. White Sox need to win a baseball game. Grafol thought, listen, we need to, we can't lose Lucas. We can't. I mean, it's early on in the season. Having said that, he just had Dylan Cease go 100-something pitches. Let's let's turn it over to our best guys, Graveman, Lopez. I'm not our putting best, Bummer in that Our best guys? Uh, Why I, is Aaron I, Bummer even fucking part and, of that discussion then, Sean? No, no, no. And and, and that, that, like, my my thought process in that is that Aaron Bummer wouldn't have been included in this tonight. You have Graveman. I, hell, at this point, I would take you got two guys you outside of earlier. You got two guys, so let them go take the seventh. You want to put the White Sox in the best position to win the baseball game. You let them take the seventh, then pull them. You go Graveman, Raylo. Yep, and that's what I would have. That's if there was anything to critique that I like had an issue with tonight is that Aaron Bummer saw the mound. I cringe when he is warming up in the bullpen. Cringe. Because he can't throw strikes, and when he does, they get hit, and they get hit hard. So how does that help you when you're trying to win baseball games? He should be the new Jose Ruiz, except we already have that in Diekman. So we have two Jose Ruizes now, both of them left-handers, and we need left-handed pitching. (laughs) The thing that drives me nuts, too. With this is that, you know, I'll, I'll throw a lot of slack at Yasmani Grandal or Sebi Zavala, but there's two guys in this White Sox bullpen that anytime they're on the mound, you can guarantee at least one pitch per inning is going to get by either of our catchers. You're not wrong. And that's with Aaron Bummer and Jake Diekman because it's slider in the dirt, slider in the dirt, slider in the dirt, either off a shin pad, off the glove, try and block it, runners advancing. It, it's just, it's so painful to watch. It's almost like self-inflicted suicide anytime either of these guys enter a ball game. Yeah, it's cringeworthy. My arms get, I, I'm like, why? Why, why are we doing this? But we don't because we don't have anybody else, Tony. That's why we're doing it. We don't have I anybody else. Can't wait else. for Derek Gershoy to get back in this fucking bullpen. Here's the but he, he, like I'm with you on that, Tony. But this is the problem with the White Sox. All that pressure and all our hopes and dreams are going to be on Garrett Crochet, who hasn't thrown competitively in over a year. I didn't say it was the answer. I just want another. But he is. Option. But he is. Because I just want Bummer another sucks. option. Diekman shouldn't be on this goddamn team, but he is. Like, he's going to, when Gro- when Crochet comes back, the pressure of the world is going to be put on him because he's a left-handed pitcher that throws hard, that, 
that can get outs, and we don't have that with the other two left-handed pitchers on our team. So the pressure of the world's going to be on the kid, and he hasn't thrown competitively in over a year. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery. If you want but, to look at it positively, you know he's going to be excited to come back, Sean. He's going to be amped up the moment he steps back on a major league field. He's had moments of success as long as he's not thrown in the 10th inning with a runner on second base. And if you use him properly in these situations, maybe it's a little bit different than slider in the dirt every single fucking time. Either of those guys take them out. I hope for Garrett Crochet's mental health that he doesn't get put out there in the 10th. Like, because I, I feel bad for him. I mean, every time he took the mound in the 10th inning, it's like first pitch, pace hit, we lost the lead. All right. Are we, or, all right. We got to score one. Let's, let's just hope for, for all of our sakes. Man, I am, I'm, I'm getting tired on this one. Um, let's just hope for all of our sakes that when Garrett Crochet does return, it might be the end of either Aaron Bummer or Jake Diekman. Uh, it's not gonna be bummer. It'll be it's gonna be deep before bummer. I, I bummer I can throw. Up. Bummer's got good movement on his slider, Tony. He's got really good movement, and that's, when he gets that sinker going, lights out. That's that's what they tell me in the uh, in the stack cult. Um, it's just good to talk about a win, even though we've dove down a bunch of these other different. It was a good night, but it was it a was. good night. For all intents and purposes, in White Sox land, it was a it was a fairly decent night. I think you can take this split and say we're riding out here on the high. Well, what we, goes down must come up. Right, but here let's just can we go win a series tomorrow? Because if we don't win tomorrow, then the feeling tonight gets flushed away, and then we're pissed off tomorrow afternoon. Is that and... why we feel this way right now? Is that yeah, why because we're like cautiously we're, optimistic? Yeah, we're not trying to get up for the letdown. Is Shout it symbolism Nani. that Eloy Jimenez was wearing, you know, caution orange spikes? They win tomorrow. They win How tomorrow. happy are you going to be? One, it'll be our first series win, so I'll be I'll be pretty jacked up. I just I I hope they can build. I, after every win, I've said this to my, at least to myself, but I, I really do hope they can build off this win. You had a really good start from a guy that needed to step up, that knows how to step up and be that guy. You got a you got a home run. We put ball in air, ball go far, team go far. That's good. Um, and Jake Berger, those are the pluses, right? Aaron Bummer didn't walk anyone. He did give up a hit, but he didn't walk anyone. So that's a plus. There's a lot of pluses to this one, Tony. A lot of pluses. Fair amount of pluses. Ride it into tomorrow, and morale will be high. We get a series win. We'll feel really good. The Twins just got walked off on. Cleveland lost a doubleheader to Detroit today. So, like, let's keep this train rolling. We'll get back into this. Positive Sean coming out, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to come back to positivity. I've been I've been listening to Steve so much over the last year or so. That it, it, the the negativity is just it's the anger sharks are swimming in my head constantly. It's so. it's real hard listening to that guy talk a lot. As much <laughs> as you're exposed to him, but um, 
Yeah, it can really but, affect the mental health of a White Sox fan. Before we uh, Steve as much as you do. Before we get out of here, Tony, before we, we have our picks to click for tomorrow, real quick, can we talk about the sad photo that was put on Twitter.com earlier today of Johnny Nani sitting there slouched over in his seat on TV, White Sox losing. I mean, it was it was it was perfect. It sums up everything about this season so far. I'd, I'd like to believe that he was reading the Sox reading on Catherine <laughs> at that time. Because um, it, it was just so fitting to to see that on my television as all of these messages were coming across in the ninth <laughs> inning of, of game one of the doubleheader. I actually had to rewind the television to, to grab a, a, a capture of, of Johnny there, but it, it's always great to see him out at the ballpark. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Just an absolute legend over there. It was a, it was a perfect chills. night. We it was had... my pick to click for game two after I saw that picture. I mean, Nani uh, put out the, the vibes were up with Nani going into game two. We got a, we got a video of Steve bitching about, uh, I just want to know if both of those guys, Sean, had to go to the uh, Shy Sports Depot and purchase hoodies for Game Two. They looked rather cold, looked and I'm cold. wondering if I'm wondering if Steve was honestly in Shy Sports Depot buying Johnny a hoodie for Game Two because when they had the video, they both had some rather fresh looking hoodies on. Yeah, see, in the and it seemed like in the picture, Nani was acting like it was a July you know, summer night. And then all of a sudden you get to the video and it was like, <laughs> they got these fresh hoodies on. They look Steve good. Even the 59 and Johnny uh, with the great, the gray look going. It was, it was great, but uh, yeah, the, the boys look good. It was, it was a good night. You know, I just, I just want to know if it was, uh, if it was a game day purchase for those guys. And where was Steve? When we, when we saw this picture, where the hell was that guy? Ninth inning. Socks are coming up to bat. It's Johnny Nani in the seats alone. There's no way to Steve live. Be? Where would Steve be? They they cut off beer sales already. So what kind of excuse would you have if there was a uh if there was not a hoodie purchase made there? I, I feel like it's kind of inexcusable to not be in your maybe seat that's where he time. was going. Like I'm going to get us hoodies for game two. Stay right here. Steve, Steve says good. he was in the pisser. I don't know if that's acceptable. <laughs> I don't know. If that's oh acceptable. man, it was a it was a good night, Tony. Great ball game. Sox win. Morale's high. Nani and Steve were at the game. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Real quick, we've got a matchup tomorrow. It's Mike Clevenger against Taiwan Walker. Clevenger's coming in here at two and zero oh, uh, with second a two- best pitcher on the staff. 2.20 ERA struck out 14 on the year. Taiwan Walker one and one uh, with the Phillies this season. He's got a 4.20 ERA. Uh, smoke him if you've got him. Uh, 14 strikeouts as well from Mister Taiwan Walker. Hopefully he uh, is walking a lot of White Sox hitters. We haven't seen enough of that at home. Uh, Sox will take on the Phillies at I believe 1:10 tomorrow afternoon. Sean, you got to pick the click. Oh, I'm trying to think of like what the lineup would be because I was told it was going to be consistent. Yeah, it has not been. 
uh, you know, Jake Berger, right? Like, you know, like, if there's one thing that is consistent so far, it's it's uh, Jakey B. So let's uh, let's let's eat tomorrow. Have some burgers uh, for the pick to click. I'll ride with you. I was going to go Jake Burger, Sean. Both of you and I are going to take Mr. Burger on this one. I think I'm going against some socks on tap rules, but uh, only guy I feel confident in at this moment. Friend of the show, we can break rules for him. Sean, excellent to get to talk White Sox baseball with yeah, you. Man. It's been a pleasant hour here on the Sox on Tap postgame show, talking about a White Sox loss, a White Sox win, and uh, we'll shut it down with this. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, let's just keep winning baseball games, man. This is this is a lot more enjoyable and a lot more fun and a lot more – I look forward to watching White Sox baseball when they're winning. I know that's an easy cliche thing to say, but it's so true. Um, it's a morale booster. It's a – it's a it's a good day boost. Um, just keep winning baseball games, man. Ha, have fun. Turn this thing around, and you know we're four games under 500. Get to 500 first, and then we start battling for the 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 uh, division. And let's let's go. Let's get after it. Sox wins are great for your mental health, Sean. That's really, hashtag confirmed. Really are. They really are, Tony. That's all I've got today. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. Make sure you're following Socks on Tap on Twitter at Socks on Tap, Sean Roberts at Sean23 Roberts, myself over at Tony on Tap. Subscribe to the YouTube on Tap Sportsnet. That's youtube.com slash on Tap Sportsnet. Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you know when we go live. Hop in the comments here. Sean, it was a great show. Again, Socks win, Socks lose, but Socks win. At the same time, I think you finished your Johnny Walker. About to finish this Budweiser. Got none left. None left. Ready to go. That's it. Let's close this down how we always do. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.